in Jesus' name. Well, you may take your seats and good evening. My name is Michelle, as was announced earlier. Hasn't changed in that short moment. But tonight we are digging into Psalms. And if you were here last week, you would have seen that we had a takeover from the youth, which were amazing. And in this place, we had over 100 youth where um, they brought with them joy. They brought with them love and passion that ignited this place that would, could not be contained by those kids. So it was just a great atmosphere in here. So we didn't get week one of Psalms. So essentially, we're week two, but for the PM crew, week one. So that's where we're at today. We're week one and youth last week were amazing. Who was that youth last week? Oh, yep. It's this crew, amazing job and um, I'm sure you're carrying that passion and igniting that in you even still this week. Um, psalm 139 is where we're going to be looking in tonight and um, this psalm is a very large psalm. If you've seen it, it um, I don't know how many verses actually, but it's a large psalm, too much to um, be able to unpack on one Sunday night. So we're going to be um, digging in just to, to a part of that psalm. But the psalm as overall is a psalm that has the power to transform us, has a power to transform these small thoughts that we might have of God that is able to just um, see the height and depth and how God created us from those verses from the first to the last is filled of how God has created us how God is the creative God. He is a holy God. He is a present God. He is a God that has created us to be creative. Um, so in those Psalms, so I'd, um, yeah, you can unpack that, but it gives us just a, a great glimpse. If ever you're feeling down, it's a great Psalm to go to 139, read it, let it wash over you, let it be a Psalm that you always go to. It gives us the assurance that God is with us regardless. It gives us this assurance that whatever we are experiencing at whatever moment in time, whether it be good or bad, that God is with us in those moments. And um, with that, that this psalm is also a great reminder that he is ever-present, that there isn't ever a place that we can escape from him, but he is always with us, continually with us in our, our every day. And um, it was good how actually Susie said that earlier on that as we worship, it's not about being in the crowd. And, you know, our God who has created us, he sees us. You're not just hidden in the crowd, but you are, you are seen by him, that he, he, he knows exactly where you are and where you're at, and you're never hidden from him. And that psalm um, speaks into that for our lives, that we are never hidden from our God. So we'll be looking closely at that in verse 13 tonight. And as I said, I'd encourage you to read that during the week and let that wash over you. In verse 13, it says, You created in my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. God has, has us created in him. That we are created in him. And if we start that, we, we look at the creation and how God has created heaven and earth, that we have to go back to Genesis to read how God has formed both heaven and earth, formed dark and light, creating land and seas and sun and moon, creating all these living creatures in, the, in this land. And he says, and he, once he's done that, he says, it is good. But then he goes on and he says, let us make, uh, make man in our own image. And he created both male and female. He saw all that he had made and he said, it was very good. God has made you and what he says about you is that you are very good. 
that in this place, that I don't know where you're at, what you're, what you're about, but we need to know that, that we have been made by, the, by God and he says that you are very good, that you are very good. For some of us, it's hard to get our heads around that thought that, you know, God has created us and he thinks that we are very good because often we don't have those thoughts of ourselves. And that he, he looks at us and he, he knows our innermost being and he, he's knitted that together. And everything that is hidden and private, he knows of that. And for me, sometimes when I read those verses and I think of those thoughts, I'm like, oh, it's quite exposing what God knows all those things about me. And yet he still loves me. But he does. And he still loves you. He knows all those parts, feeling exposed or not. It's, it's, a, it's a great thought in some ways that God does know all that stuff. And he still says that, you know what? No matter what, I still love you. He knows the number of hairs on your head. That's even hard to get around because often I'll wash my hair. It's quite normally quite curly. And so I wash my hair and big lumps of hair fall out. Who, who has this problem? And so I'm like, is God doing the math in this? And she's like, oh, no, now she's lost another 100 strands of hair. And so she's at this. And, and, but you know what? He knows. And he knows every part of us. He knows that number of hairs on your head. And he has created us and he knows that. Also, what has been created of recent, on the 6th of July, just a couple of weeks ago, John Hank, CEO of Niantic, released a game together with Pokemon Company. What is it called? What is it called? Pokemon Go. That's right. He um, created that in less than a week, people. $14 million was made. Less than a week. That's a lot of, lot of checks to be given out there. Um, with... Profits of 25% increase and $7 billion from Nintendo made. Uh, I don't know what that figure is now, but that was when I was doing research. It also has, Pastor Phil was telling me earlier today, it has more users than both Twitter and Instagram. Is that right? Did I get it right? Oh, Facebook. Oh, even better. More users than Facebook and Twitter. This game, Pokemon Go. Who would thought? So how the game works, if um, you have not heard of it, which I'm thinking this crowd probably has. Um, <laughs> this is why I'm bringing it up. So you are the Pokemon trainer, out to collect as many different types of Pokemon. Pokemon, there are 151 different Pokemon to collect. And then there's these Poke Stops that you're able to collect both eggs and Pokeballs. Apparently, there's two stops here at True North Church, one by the glass and one out of the container. Don't leave now, but you can go after. <laughs> go after. And so as you receive these eggs, you're able to um, hatch them. And by doing that, you get exercise. You go either two, five or ten kilometres, walking, riding, whatever you need to do. Apparently, there's a few hacks how you can cheat. You can put on a fan or something and it, it clocks up. There you go, it's a bit of a note from me. Some young person was telling me today. And um, it hatches the Pokemon. My guess is that the longer the distance you go, the, the better the Pokemon. Would that be the case? Maybe, maybe not. And so then part of the game also is that you go to gyms and there's three teams, either red, yellow or blue, and the aim is to take over the gym. And so that's the gist of Pokemon. I'm sure there's a lot more to it, but I haven't researched that far. <laughs> but I'll throw it out to all the parents here whilst researching. When talking about Pokemon, the plural for Pokemon is... Pokemon. 
Pokemon. So you don't be acting cool and saying, how many Pokemons have you got, Susan? No, don't do that. Because they won't think you're cool. It's Pokemon. It's Pokemon. So don't do that. That would be terrible, Phil. It would be terrible. But let's get a feel of the crowd. How many in here have not heard of Pokemon Go? Is there anyone? Oh, this. oh they're in the dark. They're feeling, feeling a little bit like, oh, maybe just me. Um, then adults in here. So I saw this on Jess's post as well. So who are the supporting spouses or partners of somebody going out, finding Pokemon? Jess is one of them. Anyone else? Like you're, oh, Tegan and John. <laughs> okay, so if ever you have trouble in your relationship, go to these ladies because they'll be able to help you, be able to assist and come alongside partners that, oh, I don't know, they're finding in quest of Pokemon out and out and about and all over the place. And there'll probably be many um, parents in here that have been doing detours as a result because children are wanting to find Pokemon and get Poke stops. I have been one of those. Ben's like, go around this roundabout over and over and over again. He's collecting eggs and he's collecting all sorts of things. And we're en route to this way, but we had to detour this way because there's a Poke stop. And so we've been doing that. And there's possibly people here that they've come to these Pokey stops and you're in this place and you're like, oh, I thought this was a Pokemon convention. No, no, no. <laughs> we are all about praising God. We are all about praising his name. <laughs> so don't do that. In addition, there was an interview with John Hank, who is the creator of the Pokemon Go. And he says, this is not the normal way people play video games. Then again, Pokemon Go isn't a normal video game. People are going on long walks, meeting new people, having adventures, trying to live their dreams of becoming a Pokemon master trainer. So they're doing all these things that they would not normally do as a result of the creation of this game. And he goes on and says, the game itself intended to facilitate real life stuff. Hank tells the business insider that the reward is the encouragement and opportunity to have a new experience. And whilst the team at Pokemon, whatever, I don't know who they are, um, whilst they were creating the game, Pokemon Go, what they said, whilst there was nothing, they're like, we're wanting to have three outcomes. We want to create a game that will have these three things, these three big goals in mind when creating it. And the first one was that it will be exercise for people. A lot of fitness apps come along with a lot of baggage that end up making you feel like a failed Olympic athlete when you're just trying to get fit. But Hank says Pokemon Go is designed to get you up and moving, promising you a Pokemon reward. So rather than placing pressure on you, we want this to be a great experience for you to go out, have exercise, you get a reward in t as a result of it. And that has been the case for my 13-year-old boy who has gone on the Pokemon trail that I don't know how many kilometres he's done this week, but he's not been in the house very much. He's been out and about all over the place having adventures. And I came home one night from church and there was a note stuck to the front door. And he goes, we have gone to catch Pokemon. See y'all soon. <laughs> That's how he had it. See y'all. I, I haven't got... Dean would have been good at saying that. But I haven't got the accent. And he goes, see you soon, Ben and Cal Dog. Callum's a little boy up the road. And they went off on adventures. So it is working. They've achieved that one thing of exercise and getting people out and about and doing their things. And then number two was to be, to see the world with new eyes. 
They're saying the game is intended to give you a little nudge towards doing cool and interesting things in your neighbourhood by turning real-life landmarks into historical sites, into pokey stops and gyms. And so by this, you go out and you get a, a feel of what's happening in your neighbourhood as they, they turn these places into gyms. And then number three, they say, that will be breaking the ice. That they want all over the world, play, players apparently are organising pokey go outings, maybe John and Callum could do that, um, at higher levels even with the game, that it's created that you team up with other players to be able to overcome a gym. So it's creating this icebreaker of people in communities and you see it, I don't know if you've seen out in the streets where there's lots of people just hovering around doing stuff, that it breaks the ice. They've got this one thing in common, they're talking about it, they're in pursuit of finding them and they're doing that. So the, the creator of Pokemon Go designed this game with those things in mind. That people would get up and exercise with the reward. That they would discover interesting things in the neighbourhood and that they would um, have time spent with other people. As John Hanks set out to create this game, it was with those, that framework in mind that people would be active and going out and about. When God created you and me, he also had intention and purpose when he created us. He didn't do it by, do it by mistake, but he had an absolute plan for each one of our lives. And we'll, we'll see that. Let's pick it, up, pick it up in verse 14. It says, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. When I was woven together in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw my unformed body. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. We are created to be fearfully and wonderfully made. That God has fearfully and wonderfully made each one of us, setting us apart as the brightest and clearest mirror of God's creativity here on earth that for us that we have been created and fashioned in, in the image of God and we have been fearfully and wonderfully made in that. And that word fearfully, it says um, in the Bible so often, is the same word when the Bible talks about fear of the Lord. And it means to have respect or reverence of God. God has created us, intrinsically wired us, that our response to him that as we're, as we're dealing, we're going through life and whatever, is that we would respond to him in awe and wonder, that we would respond to him out of this place of being wired to, um, to be in awe of him, to be able to praise his name, to be able to um, give him all thanks in adoration and wonder to our creator. We may hear those words, fear of the Lord, and think, think it could be sometimes like this negative feeling or this thought of, oh, we've got to fear God. But in fact, uh, in a lot of scripture, the fear of the Lord is actually talking about it in a, in a positive way. It's not about a negative thought downtrodden like you will fear God or, or else, but rather it's this place of, we, in one of the word translations, actually awesomely was the word that was um, translated that, you know, when we fear God, this what made fearfully and wonderfully in his name, that it comes from that place of, just adoration and respect for God. John Hank, who created Pokemon Go, designed the game around that framework of exercise, explore, community. Our God who created you 
never thought at one moment, oh, there's a baby here. What am I going to do with that baby? But God says, you know what? I need a Charlie. I need a Charlie and I'm going to create this boy, this man, should I say, this man. Sorry. (laughs) Stuff that up. Okay, oops. So I'm going to create this man and he, I'm going to place in him the image of God. I am going to create him that he will love me, that he would serve me, that the plans and purposes for his life is ones that are ordained and written by God, that there is no mistake in any of us that have been formed in this place, that, you know, that before we were, we, there was nothing, that God says, I need a Charlie, I need a Sabrina, I need a Riley, I need a Tegan that he has fashioned and designed us for who we are and where we are in this place. Our creator who saw us before we were formed, a God who created both you and me says, it is very good. It is very good. And out of that overflow that we get to worship him and we get to live that out in our everyday. Our response to him comes from that deep place from within, that is in obedience, that is um, reverent to him, that is able just to respond out of that place of love. And that we are, in every aspect, our body down to the tiniest microscopic cell reveals that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. And that wonderfully means that we are unique and distinct from anyone else, that the person next door to you isn't ever going to be the same as you. And that God has made you special, that God has made you, that you would be set apart for him, that you would be able to bring expression of who you are as a result of knowing God creating you. That we get to live that out. And we get to live that out that in a manner that we should live it out loud and proud. That, you know, we are created from our God, the God who makes no mistakes, the God who, who says, I need a Sally here and I need to form her. And so he creates us, and we get to live that out. God never randomly drops people anywhere into this world, but every one of us, um, unique in design and uniquely made, that for God, he says, I am going to be intentionally making this person for this, for this purpose. God has a purpose and a plan for each one of you and, each, and for me as well. And we get to do that in this short time that we we get to live on this earth is that we get to outplay the working of Christ in our life, that we get to um, live that out in our every day. And that flows from that place that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. In verse 17 it says, How precious to me are your thoughts, O God! How vast is the sum of them! Were I to count them? They would outnumber the grains of sand. When I awake, I I am still with you. God's thoughts are towards us. God's thoughts are towards us. In these verses, the psalmist has moved from this contemplating of his own thoughts, this contemplating of this rawness before God, to considering, well, what are God's thoughts towards him? He, the divine knowledge, not only um, wonderful, but is precious to us. That how often do we in our everyday hear thoughts of what people might think about us or what are we doing and what are we adjusting in our life because, oh, that person might think that. And we take on those thoughts of what um, people around us say or do or think we should act and we're, and we're, we're not living out 
what are the thoughts of God in my life? So to be able to have um, those thoughts that we are precious and God's thoughts are in us, that we need to know those thoughts to be able to um, somehow see those thoughts of what is around us to be dim as God's thoughts are uh, the ones that steer our life, that are the ones that uh, guide us through. So do we have the, the thoughts of God as David did in this psalm? Where David's thoughts are not of himself, his thoughts are of his creator, the one who fearfully and wonderfully has made him. It's a key for us today to live out that our lives that are meshed in with what God's thoughts are for us. That our thoughts that so easily can place us in unhelpful ways that can hinder us, can, can trap us. They can be thoughts that um, hold us back and keep us captive within ourselves if we allow them to be the thing that we focus on. But I love how, how David then turns this around. He says his thoughts to God are his thoughts. His thoughts to what God's things are, thoughts are for him, are the things that are going to guide him. He does not dwell on what he thinks or what other people may think of him, but he's, he's tuning in to what is um, the thoughts of God in his life. What he does here is he's changing his posture, he's refocusing himself. He's having to put off what maybe what is holding him back or what those thoughts might be. And he's saying, actually, I'm going to turn my thoughts to God. And what does God say about me? And what does God want to speak into my life? And they're the thoughts that um, for each one of us are the thoughts that should be guiding us, should be um, listening to, our ears should be opening to those sorts of thoughts in our, in our lives. Our attention and focus, it is towards God that changes ourselves, changes our perspective, changes how we live out um, life in a whole different way if we're attuned to um, the, the thoughts of God, which are all for us. While we get caught up in, the, in the, this world that will um, try to shape us and form us into a mould of, you know, what is cool or what is, what is going on or what is, um, people are saying, peer groups, whatever, it can be so easily one that um, holds us back from the plans of God. But rather, as we um, put into ourselves the thoughts of God, they're the ones that should shape us and form us and move us into, into our everyday. And I invite Chantel up as I finish up. We need to re reroute those thoughts and our attention and centre them towards God, knowing how precious are his thoughts towards us. And for myself, um, over the many years, it has been one that has been radically being able to change the way I live life. The thoughts of God has been one that has been able to put off all the things that would hold me back, has been able to um, shake all those things off as I tune my ear towards God. And for each one of us, whether you're a journaler, where you sit there in silence, whether whatever that is, where you connect with God, to allow his thoughts in your world can radically change the path and the way that we live our lives. That um, his ways and his thoughts are for you and they are, they're all designed with a plan and a purpose for each one of us. And that for each one of us that, you know, are able to hear his voice, that are able to read his word, that that is such a strong weapon Though a weapon that is able to get you through your every day and a weapon that is able to empower you to be able to walk out the, the plans and purposes for each one of us. 
that is his um, thoughts that are towards you, that are for you. And just a few of those thoughts of God's, God towards you. They are of peace and not evil. To give you a future and a hope. God's plans for you is to prosper you and not harm you. God's ways are higher than your ways. God thinks good of you. He calls you his precious and beloved creation. God, moment by moment, is thinking of you. God's thoughts towards us is too numerous to list in this moment. And as we wrap up here, many of these psalms are written, and often they're, they're written as a song, and they sing that. And I've asked um, Chantelle if, um, as she read the Psalm 139, if she would just create an item for us in this moment, um, words that are able just to wash over us of God's thoughts towards us. And Tyler wrote that with her, and they're going to sing that for us in a moment. And the best way <laughs> over any dramatic, awesome preacher that may um, have impact in your life. Actually, what is life transforming is God's thoughts in our life. That God's thoughts in our life are the ones that are powerfully able to radically change who we are. And so his thoughts are the thoughts that we should have. And as um, Chantel sings this song, I just ask you to just sit quietly. Sit quietly, reflect on God. Let those words either wash over you or let um, this moment be a moment where you're able just to tune your ear to God and be able to hear what his thoughts are for you. Do that you 
come shine through. You have formed my life from the depths of you, my body and soul. I give you control from the inside out. You have made me whole in all that I do. Let your love shine through. You have formed my life from the depths of you. Heavenly Father, we do pray that in this moment, Lord, that we would truly know our Creator. That, Lord, that we would know your thoughts that are for us, that we would know those thoughts that um, have given us life. That, Lord Jesus, that in this moment we pray that you would, um, Lord, just lead and guide us in that, that you would um, be able to pour out your Spirit in us. That, Lord, where there's been thoughts that aren't off you, Lord, we pray that you would be able to, we would be able to replace those with your thoughts in our life. That you would um, pour out, Lord, that is what is, which is for us, which is um, able to give us life and hope. That, Lord, that we pour all those things into the, our lives. That we would have our ear tuned into you, Jesus. <laughs> 